Welcome to Conversations for the Animals. I am Lisa Tynan with Houston Pet Set, and I am joined today by some colleagues here, Becky Best and Noelle Delgado. Um, Noelle, you are the executive director of Houston Pets Alive, and Becky is a consultant for Houston Pets Alive currently, um, working jointly on a project that we're going to delve into headfirst today called the Gulf Coast Animal Welfare Alliance. Um, but before we get into that, I want I want to hear about your backgrounds, what you did before you got into animal welfare. I'm always interested to hear how people come into this world because n most people don't wake up thinking I want to work at an animal shelter when they're <laughs> like 11 years old, right? So it's usually an interesting path. So Noelle, let's start with you. How did you get into this field? Yeah. Um, so my journey um, is actually kind of I'm realizing a little bit similar to a lot of people's. Um, I started a nonprofit and um, I really had a passion for helping the community mm -hmm. and building out systems and processes that could help make our community um, more livable, more enjoyable. And so um, my journey ended up through human healthcare services. Mm -hmm. um, but my passion had always been to, you know, help develop um, these systems, these processes. And a lot of my free time I spent working on, you know, different women's groups and things mm -hmm. like that and orchestrating um, these just amazing people to come together and really build out um, what they're looking for out of their communities. So I've had a lot of experience experience doing that. Um, and that landed me at Houston Pets Alive. So um, I'm new to the industry. Do you find that stuff translates from from your previous work or is it completely different? <laughs> some and some not. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, my previous positions have helped prepare me for a lot of this. But uh, animal welfare is very unique. It's a very unique industry with um, a different uh, group of people that really are passionate about this work. Mm -hmm. And that's not something you see all the time. Um, you love to see that in, in nonprofit, but you don't ever really get to see the full scope of it on a large scale. And it's amazing to be working with people that are incredibly passionate about what they do mm -hmm. and why they're doing it. Yeah. You find a lot of people who are so passionate. It's like at their own personal expense. Yes. Like yeah. it's it's truly a beast of its own. And Becky, if I remember correctly, you come from like the tourism board industry. Is that right? I, yeah. I started yeah. in tourism and that led its way to community uh, relations. Okay. And so I started doing grant making and really uh, more of a corporate uh, financial services background. Um, so once I got ready to leave that, I realized how needy the animal welfare industry was. So I started volunteering and um, that really opened my eyes to how many opportunities there yeah. were to bring people together. And I f found an opportunity actually at Houston Pet yeah. Set and became a grant making uh, coordinator there and uh, the community relations manager. So moved over to that and then uh, left to do consulting and actually hot off the presses. Um, now I will be the director of the, com of the uh, Gulf Coast Animal Welfare Alliance. So we've made it official. So fabulous. And yes. So um, we knew all along that we wanted to work toward a full-time arrangement, but it had to happen organically. Mm -hmm. So when the time was right, then we wanted to move into that more full-time opportunity. And that time is now. That's phenomenal. And that is going to be such a, a benefit. And it, it actually sort of, uh, I want to come back to that because, you know, this is not, well, I want you both to tell me what exactly the, the Animal Welfare Alliance is, but I also want to at some point kind of get into why this will be different and why this will be the one that succeeds. And, and you know, for full disclosure, Houston Pets is a member of the uh, Gulf Coast Animal Welfare Alliance. And 
and up to this point, you know, we're, we're finding it to be very interesting and very beneficial, but, um, there's a lot of work to do. So, so from, you know, the, the big bird's eye view, what is the purpose? What was the sort of the impetus for the formation of this alliance? Well, I think, um, so there's, I think we each have our own story. I think that was something that was, um, for me personally, um, I came into this industry knowing absolutely nothing and um, looking for help and resources. And I just really had a hard time uh, connecting with other people. And it felt very kind of closed off. And mm-hmm. I thought, if only they knew how beneficial all of us coming together might be. Um, and I think I came in at the perfect time because it just felt like the tide had shifted and everyone had started feeling that way, too, of like, yeah, this isn't working. This, mm-hmm. you know, this hyper competitiveness, this, you know, um, let's keep to our own lanes. Like it's not working for us. And we landed ourselves in a place um, at Houston Pets Alive, at least. We were stuck with, you know, animals getting dumped and we didn't really know how to prepare for, you know, disasters or things that were coming down the line. And it just kept feeling like this cyclical cycle that just I couldn't break out of, Mm -hmm. of like, could we ever get out of this? Um, And so that's when I got linked up with Becky and and just said, you know, I'm at a loss. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do. Um, And, you know, I guess you can kind of share your piece. Sure, sure. So I have a lot of passion as well for the systems approach Mm -hmm. and really bringing people together. And I know that um, if if you want me to kind of lead into the other question you posed, We've had other attempts at this in the past, and we're at a very unique place now where a lot of people will say this is as bad as it's ever been in our communities. And I think what's different about this is that we've taken the time um, to start out thoughtfully with a smaller group to, you know, really talk about what are the root causes of what we're experiencing. Uh, We talked to people before even bringing this together to see if there was space, if people were interested in coming together, and they were. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the root causes and, you know, how do we come together to be more efficient in solving this problem. And so with that, we were able to really come up with a common vision. And I feel like that might have been missing from past attempts because everybody uh, would come in a room and talk about what they were doing, and then they would go back and do their own thing. Um, That still happens to an extent, but we're all marching in the same direction. Uh, We would like to see a a future where we have a community where every pet is safe and free from suffering. Mm -hmm. And so we've identified some different ways that we can get there and work together to achieve that vision. And um, I think the other thing, too, is that a lot of uh, wonderful groups have gone down this pathway in the past, but they haven't been able to dedicate resources to it. So they got a full time job. They're possibly working outside of animal welfare or even if they're working inside. There's so many fires. It's difficult to really focus when you're, you know paid organization has other priorities. So that's why we really felt it was important to have a dedicated resource and kind of following that collective impact model, Mm -hmm. the common vision, and then a a dedicated resource. So that's why we're really hoping that that combined with the work that we've been doing will allow us to have some success where others, you know, haven't quite gotten there. Yeah, it, it sort of feels like what you said, Noel, about how the industry does feel at times incredibly siloed and competitive. Um, Sometimes it sort of feels like getting everybody in the same room, like there's a boiling undercurrent of, well, we're doing this and you're doing that. And, and you know, up to this point, at least, it's it, we haven't gotten to the designating who does what so much. It's more like, what are we all experiencing collectively? And we have found we're all pretty much facing the same problem. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it takes getting everybody in the same room to be like, oh, you have that problem, too? Oh, 
I'm so glad it's not just us um, to get everyone on the same page, like baseline mm -hmm. so that you can build up from that. So in terms of, you know, you've talked a lot about systems, you know, so we now that we have these groups in a room together, you know, the you said the end goal is is a life free from suffering for the animals of the Gulf Coast region. And ideally, other groups around the country can take the same model. But how do you get there? How do you get from a group of of animal welfare organizations sitting in a room to that end goal? Well, we've started by identifying three primary strategies. So we will really want to change how people in our community view and treat pets. Mm -hmm. We want to keep people and pets together. And then we want to work together to elevate the animal welfare industry and increase effectiveness. So there's a lot of activities and, and other sub-strategies under that that we want to work on. We're going to get uh, working groups together and we'll have uh, education, legislation, resources that could mean, you know, everything from medical care to behavior support um, to help pet owners and then uh, also an industry working group. And this is, I think, what's most important. We started out with a small group because brainstorming with, you know, hundreds or thousands right. of people, not exactly Can effective. go off the rails real right, fast. Right, exactly. <laughs> so we wanted to have kind of an idea of where we wanted to go. But now's the exciting part where we bring in more people. Mm -hmm. We cannot do this without community members. They're the ones that are seeing this on a day-to-day -day basis. So whether you're an advocate or a pet owner, um, if you work in health and human services and are helping a person that has a pet, there's space for everyone under the tent. And that's really where we're at right now is trying to explain this bigger vision and get people to join us so that together we can make the impact that's desperately needed. Yeah, and I would I would say to add on to that, um, one of the greatest things about what we've started so far as a group is just we've been able to equally all bring our strengths and talents together and I think that's been something that is so special in helping move us forward because it's not just our opinion about what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, it's literally everyone, everyone has a seat at the table and we're working through all of this together because like you said, we're all kind of facing a similar problem. Um, and, you know, one thing that I've found is, you know, I'm sitting in the room, you know, like a little sponge absorbing <laughs> what everybody's bringing. And um, it's just such an incredible thing for me, at least, to be a part of. Um, to see what's out there, what ideas have, you know, should we put legs behind and, um, you know, how can we be supportive of one another throughout all of this? Yeah, I want to I want to delve a little bit into those three main umbrellas that you mentioned and, and talk about, because if, if anyone who is listening, who's thinking, well, this sounds like something I want to be a part of, but I don't know where I fit in. You know, mm -hmm. we obviously you said we want to include people from all across the the public, private sector, everything so that, mm -hmm. that we are all working together because animal welfare doesn't exist by itself. It's mm -hmm. part of the community as a whole. So what can you go into a little bit more detail about what each of those, the goals are of each of those three kind of main focus areas? Sure. Sure. So within the, um, change how people view and treat pets. Uh, part of that's going to be really just providing information. So our education working group will be uh, looking at opportunities, especially with children, uh, to talk about animals. Some of them have not grown up with the best relationship, especially if they're running loose in the neighborhoods. Right. Maybe they're afraid of them. So we're trying to work with the children and then also adults to get them more information. Um, also just about basic pet care. A lot of people don't really know what it takes to keep a pet healthy and, um, you know, happy. A lot of people don't realize the human-animal bond and that, you know, animals have feelings. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a lot of folks, especially in such a diverse area, have come
come from countries that have different philosophies about pets. So we're just trying to get information out there and available. So we'll be definitely working on that. Um, we'll be doing the legislation type of work, trying to get more resources through the government and just more support, more standardization across the region as well as mm -hmm. to ordinances and things of that nature. And then resources, I think it's going to be really important because pet owners, um, you know, everybody falls on hard times. And so yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have a pet. We need to find ways to create a safety net to help folks. And that could be behavior support, mm -hmm. medical. Um, so those are the types of things that we'll be looking at there. And then within our industry, um, we'll be looking at really bringing people together, as you all were saying before, understanding who's doing what, letting people continue to thrive in their lanes. Um, but, you know, if we have gaps, let's find a way to fill those. If there's ways that we can partner to be even more efficient, let's do that. If we can find a zip code where everybody doubles down and really tries to move the needle, let's try that. Yeah. Um, and speaking of trying, we're going to make mistakes along the way. <laughs> we know. Yeah. So, uh, so that's just part of the process. But the thing is, I think what we found so far is everybody's really committed and excited. So this is a journey that I think people want to take together. And, um, you know, there's a lot of exciting things that could happen as a result of this. Mm -hmm. So we just want to take it day by day and, um, you know, get everybody's ideas and, uh, you know, bring people to the table who want to roll up their sleeves. If people want to sit back and just, you know, get an email every once in a while to find out what's going on, they can do that. Uh, there's, you know, there's lots of opportunities along the way. And maybe today there's not something that they want to be involved in, but maybe in a couple months there's an initiative we're doing and they're like, hey, I want to go volunteer to be yeah. a part of that. So there's uh, there's a lot of ways that people can stay in touch. Yeah. I, I do want to mention, and something that I think is is helpful and may or may not be unique because I, I, you know, admittedly I'm not as familiar with previous attempts at these sorts of alliances in the past. But something that I have found to be uh, fairly interesting is that, and I'm sure this was made with a lot of intention, um, is that in the room thus far, the, the participants range from our city and county municipal shelters from all over the region, not just Houston and Harris County, all the way down to relatively small rescue groups. And I think that provides for a lot of diversity of opinion um, and experience because, you know, myself having come from the sheltering world, my experience of animal welfare is very different than people who have come up through the small independent rescues and foster-based rescues. So I think, I, you know, I assume that was, that was the intention, um, but I, I'll be interested to see how that sort of plays out and unfolds as we start to make decisions like you're talking about standardizing through the industry and filling gaps and filling holes. Well, how do we all get on the same page and say, yes, for sure, you handle this. This is what you are you are supposed to do and, and we'll you know fill in the gaps around that. Right, right. I think that is a challenge for almost anybody that's going to get a group of people together. Yes. Right. And um, you're talking about a difference of opinions, different backgrounds, different everything. And you have got to find a way to bring that all together. And yeah. that has been, um, you know, our biggest challenge of, you know, even just in uh, the room right now, um, you know, with 30 people, that group has been a great sample size mm -hmm. of, you know, those diverse opinions. Um, and one thing that we really focused in on was this idea of being vulnerable and letting people in um, when you don't know or when, you know, you feel like, hey, maybe you're a little bit, you know, passionate and you, you're not able to see the bigger picture here. Like, would you be open to hearing another opinion? Um, and that's one thing that was really well established with this initial group. And one 
item that we both feel are we want to see going forward that as we start creating these groups um, that you've got a friend in the room. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, oh, so-and-so who did this one thing this one time and um, I don't really know them. Like, no, you, you're going to get to know these people. You're going to get to understand nuances and, um, you know, we're all adults and we can figure out how to work together um, if we're committed to that. And I think that's really a big um, piece to the, this puzzle is being committed to not only the cause, um, but the people that help run the cause. I mean, that the people that are working towards the same initiatives. Yeah. And, um, you know, we in the animal welfare industry love to say, you know, oh, I'm not an, I'm not a people person. I'm an animal person. <laughs> Um, I think you have to be both. You do. Absolutely. I think you have to be both. Right. Absolutely. You can't get anything done if you can't work with the people who are in the trenches with you. Right. Yeah. And the people are really the ones that are, are going to have to help us solve this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the animals can't do it. So we're going to have to work with people. And sometimes we'll agree with them and sometimes we won't. Um, but we've got to find a way to get common ground and to be able to be productive regardless. And I think that's one thing that has also been interesting about this is we we set ground rules very intentionally, almost, you know, kindergarten. Uh, the style of of how we wanted to make sure that we're interacting with each other in a respectful manner. And that has kept us uh, on task and very productive. And I think that, um, you know, we definitely will be keeping that going forward because it's so important to have different ideas. If we all are sitting in the room because we agree with each other, we're missing a whole different side of the story. So it's really important that we have that diversity of opinion and experience and background um, to really reflect the richness of the greater Houston area. Yeah. And I think it really what's so amazing about bringing this diversity in and bringing all of these people from different backgrounds is the creativity that comes out of it to problem solve. It's unbelievable. I mean, we've just been barely up and running and this group has connected in ways that we would never have guessed. Right. I mean, there's just so much coming out of this on on people's own time and you know outside of group they're connecting mm-hmm. you know they're going to coffee they're getting stuff done together and they're they're finding alliances within um, their specific pieces of the region or throughout you know um, county to county and it's just an incredible experience to watch all of that diversity come together it's also fun to be a part of yeah. um, so we talked a little bit about the resources and I know that you know Houston pets alive is is going to be fundraising to ensure that there are resources for the alliance to to benefit from it but you know it, when you talk about money in animal welfare it just always feels like there's never enough to go around but but one of the conversations that has come up from this alliance um, is talking about, you know, people filling gaps and, and not duplicating resources. And I think it's such an interesting concept because we when we look at all the way up from our municipal shelters down to the, you know, one person rescue who has a house full of cats or whatever <laughs> the case may be, um, everyone's going after the same dollars, but everyone's also doing the same thing. And I'll, I, I will be very interested to see, I don't want to say how willing people are, but if it results in somebody stepping back and saying, you know, there's somebody who's doing this better and more efficiently than I am. I can find this niche and I can excel in this niche and I can leave the picking up the stray animals to the government funded groups. And then I can focus on pulling them and, and working on the medical cases or working on the behavior cases. I, I don't know if you've gotten any sense of that. Well, whether or not people will be into that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I will say from Houston Pets Alive perspective as a rescue, we've actually, because of the work that we're doing here, we've shifted gears. We've oh, really? said, hey, 
this, you know, pick up all the animals from the shelter and try and get them adopted out. While we are great at that, we also realize that a lot of people are doing that same exact model, mm-hmm. right? And that, and maybe we actually need to focus in a little bit more on some of the things that we're especially good at um, or that we can actually grow and develop in. And so we've actually taken a hard look at our own organization and said, hey, maybe this one lane that we've we've decided on, maybe we can shift it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually in the process of going through that and saying, what's duplicating? Where are the gaps? Um, you know, we did a gap analysis with our staff and we said, you know, hey, look at all of this and what could we be doing better? And yeah. and that has been a really awesome journey. And I would implore any organization that is even on the fence or considering it to just kind of go through that thought exercise because yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. It sort of feels like in animal welfare, because we're just basically in a crisis state at all times, it feels like that anyway, um, we have a tendency to be reactive. Mm-hmm. And we see oh, nobody's doing this right now in this exact moment, so let's do that. And then you end up having to funnel funds, mm-hmm. which, again, as nonprofits, we have to be so careful and judicious about how we utilize those funds, both for our own you know, ability to function, but also beca- because of the donors. And, and we are responsible to them as well. And, you know, sitting back Houston Petset as sort of an umbrella type granting organization, we have the interesting perspective that we can sit back and we know what our grant partners are doing. And when we when people are applying to those grants, you've seen it. Seventy eight groups are all essentially trying to do the same thing and competing for the same dollars. And from a business perspective, doesn't make a whole lot of sense because what are what are you doing that someone else is doing the same thing? How are you different? So I like the idea of getting groups together in a room to say, our donors fund us to do this. Our staff is hired because they're really good at this. So let us focus Here. on this yeah. one thing that we're baller at. Mm-hmm. And then another group can say, well, guess what? My fosters all know how to do fluids. Every one of my fosters can do this, this, and this. Let's focus on pulling those medical cases. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that that might be one of the few ways that we can take a step forward at like everybody at the same time in the mm-hmm. Gulf Coast region, which speaking of which, when we're looking at these groups, we say Gulf Coast region, just like everyone knows what that means. <laughs> but but where are you pulling these groups from to be part of this alliance? Right now, it's it's, you know, the Harris County, Montgomery, Fort Bend. We're certainly open. Like you think about Cleveland, there mm-hmm. are so many opportunities to uh, support the people uh, and pets in Cleveland. Uh, it takes resources, people that are located here that are doing that work up there. So we really want the whole area. So um, like the Houston Galveston Area Council, they've got a 13 uh, county region. So we're looking at that. Um, you know, it really depends on, too, where people come in from. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if people are in the area and they want to be involved, then we want them there. Yeah. So I um, also wanted to add on one other thing that you had said about, you know, having people, if people are really uh, intent on continuing to do the work mm-hmm. that they've been doing and not make a shift, at, at a minimum, if we could look at, you know, the zip codes that really need it, because, you know, we kind of do these drop in, drop out kind of things, yeah. and we're really not saturating enough to make a massive difference. So even then, if it could be three groups that say, no, this is what I'm doing, well, at least partner and, you know, divide up the area. Yeah. And then we can really see some measurable changes. So I, I think that, you know, whether people are extremely open minded to change or not, there's still a way that we can utilize everybody's skill set to make a difference here. Absolutely. I think having that big umbrella that, you know, 
10,000 foot view to sit there and say, okay, yes, you love this and you're really great at it. And we want to see that work continue. Where can we see that most effective? Mm-hmm. And and versus saying, you know, oh, you need change, you need to do something else. Yeah. Um, but I think that we have all the right pieces to the puzzle. We just haven't worked at putting that those puzzle pieces together, right? And I think yeah. that's been um, the one really hopeful scenario that we're that we're aiming for as a group is just saying, can we fit these puzzle pieces together? And um, we've got a real lot of really great people and um, you know very smart people in the room that I think is are going to really make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you touched on it briefly, Becky, earlier, but you know we. We're talking about animal welfare, but we also want people to be part of this alliance outside of animal welfare. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you've already connected with some groups, but are there human focused or community focused groups that are already buying in or, or do we feel like that's going to be kind of an area where we really have to convince people this is important? I've been pleasantly surprised. We have started reaching out to some other groups. And I think that as people start to understand the human-animal bond, they realize that you can't just treat the person. You can't just treat the animal. That's a family unit. Mm-hmm. And instead of having a person have to go here for one thing and there for the pet, we can really bring that under one umbrella in service of the person that we're trying to help. So I think when people think about it from that perspective, then they realize that it makes sense to partner. Um, and so I think the conversations that we've had so far have been really promising. And I'm really uh, enthusiastic about working with other groups outside of animal welfare and having come from a business background um, in you know corporate social responsibility I have a you know kind of a personal passion to try to get more businesses to understand why animal welfare matters it's yeah. not the Sarah McLaughlin turn the channel kind of thing <laughs> this this makes a difference yeah. you know it, it's it's affecting our public safety it's affecting uh, people's lives if they have a pet and they give their uh, donated food to the pet and not eat it themselves mm-hmm. I mean there's so many ramifications that people don't think about. So I really hope that we have an opportunity to reframe the issue so that it gets the attention it really needs. Yeah. And and we also, you know, we talked about wanting to loop legislators, elected officials in. You know, we've seen over the past year and a half, two years, there has been progress made both locally in ordinances and, and statewide. Um, have you Have you noticed or in your experience, do you find that Um, elected officials tend to respond better to groups such as this and almost knocked over my caffeine. That would have been tragic. Um, Or, or do you, have you had any, any buy-in yet from local legislators or even, you know, more statewide? People have been supportive. I mean, when we've talked about what we were putting together at at the time that we spoke to them, it was still kind of gelling and Mm. and taking shape. But when we talked about uh, we had already at that point had a a vision, mission and a name, um, people seemed excited because I think that, you know, you think about it from their perspective, you've got. 300 animal welfare groups, if every one of them is constantly knocking on their door, <laughs> that would be a little yes. overwhelming. And, yeah. um, you know, sometimes uh, we're, we are a very passionate people. And uh, sometimes that's not always well received if we're not coming in with a, a business case that, you know, aligns to what their focuses. Yeah. So I think that when they've heard that this is happening and that we're taking a very structured and business-like approach to it, I think they've been uh, very open-minded about what we're doing. Yeah, I think they see a path in terms of how they can get things done um, and how the support of this group is meaningful to, mm-hmm. you know, what we're looking for in the community. There's There are a lot of passionate animal 
welfare people. And sometimes that passion doesn't get translated um, into the legislation. And I think um, having an organized method and getting the working group together to work on some of these issues in a way that um, is palatable for yeah. the uh, you know legislators. We are looking to make sure that the sustainability of this mission is carried out throughout time. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that those relationships are built. And and I think that they're being, you know, the beginning seeds of that growth is happening now. Yeah. Right? And, it you know, long term, big picture, it sort of feels like this could, with the right kind of organizing, maybe even turn into a platform issue that that politicians or local or, you know, larger can run on because, you know, in in the past, other topics have been third rail topics that with the right kind of um, organizing become platform issues and animal welfare. It's really hard to find people who outright say, no, animals don't deserve to be, yeah. you know, that I think in my experience, at least when we're t- when we're talking to elected officials, they generally agree on things where the where the disagreement comes in is when you start to talk about ownership and property rights and things like that. So it's if you can get everybody on the same page making those organized arguments where we're coming at it from a business perspective and something that can be a good business decision, legislative decision, mm-hmm. not just passion. Um, I sort of I see maybe in my maybe it's naive, but I see animal welfare becoming more of a platform type issue. You know, Houston Pets at holds forums for elected officials to say, where do you stand on this? Because we have people who come to us and say, I don't know who to vote for. Who's going to be the best for animals in Houston mm-hmm. or in the Gulf Coast region? So I, I my hope would be, you know, when we're talking about legislation, that having a united front or at least a semi-united front, because mm-hmm. um, we'll never agree on everything, of right. course, um, will help this become help animal welfare move to the forefront in terms of when people are running for office, when people yeah. are making law decisions. Mm -hmm. This is something they think about because their constituents have shown that it's something that they are getting together and uniting behind. Mm So, Right. I think this is such an important issue. I think that everyone can agree that it it is important. Mm -hmm. So I I think that that hasn't been translated well in the past. And yeah, having a united front would likely maybe, hopefully, get that pushed further along. Yeah. I think, was it, I want to say, and and I'll correct myself (laughs) later if I'm wrong, but I feel like with city council, with the humane ordinances that were passed with the, with the um, humane pesto ordinance, I don't think there was any opposition to that in city council, if I remember correctly. They, which there are very few things that the entire city council agrees on in Houston and they will admit that. And the fact that everybody could get behind one thing and it had to happen to be animal welfare, that sort of is like a little green flag waving saying, okay, we've got, we've got something here. Mm -hmm. This is something that people can agree on. Let's organize around it and Mm -hmm. come together to make those good decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what's so great is that the, again, going back to that diversity in this group, we've got people like Petset who, you know, know how to navigate this area. Mm -hmm. And like, if all it is, is for us to say, yeah, you know, they're aligned with us and we trust what they're doing. And, you know, we want to get on board. Um, people like Houston Pets Alive, it's not our it's not our lane, right? <laughs> like we don't know. Um, so it's so great to be a part of those conversations, um, you know, in this 
arena where we can have those trust conversations where I can go to you and say, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, what's going on over here? We need to know because we've got excellent followership. You know, maybe we can push this out. Is this something that we should be looking into? And so having that organization um, and being able to kind of look up to and be a part of this this leadership um, here in this space is, is incredible. Yeah, it really is. It's exciting. That's I. That's a good note to end on because it really there is something very exciting and very positive about getting like-minded people together in the same room working mm-hmm. towards a, a common goal. So Noelle Delgado with Houston Pets Alive, Becky Best, the new director, very <laughs> exciting, of the Gulf Coast Animal Welfare Alliance. Thank you both so much for joining me. Uh, this has been Conversations for the Animals, and we will see you next time. Thank you.